This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This is the Primal Podcast. At Primal, hunting is more than just a hobby. It's a way of life. And whether you're an expert or just getting started, Primal can help make you a better hunter. Now, here's your host, Mike Avery. Welcome once again to the Primal Podcast. I am so glad you have found this new podcast. This is only our second edition of the Primal Podcast. The fact that you found us means a lot, and I do certainly appreciate it. I also appreciate the fact that our guest this month is uh, taking some time out from his busy schedule to join us. His name is Philip Culpepper. You know Philip from Hunt Club TV, the website huntclubtv.com, huntclubtv.com. He's a man who's been around the outdoor industry. His family has been for many, many years. He's an avid outdoorsman. He's a big proponent of Primal, and he is our guest this time around. Philip, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good, Mike. I'm good. Thank you for having me on, man. I've uh, been looking forward to it. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it uh, for a long time as well. Tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit about your background, Philip. How did you end up to the point where you are today? Well, pretty much, um, I grew up in uh, just north of Columbus, Georgia, which um, for anybody that's a Realtree fan, Columbus is is the headquarters of Realtree. And when I was, the week before I turned 16, I had my mom drive me down there and I filled out an application just to try to get my foot in the door any way possible. And actually, I worked uh, in the warehouse for almost two years just packing boxes and and, uh, shipping out stuff from the warehouse from the real store. And so from there, I just uh, pretty much stayed in david blanton's ear to try to have a chance to run camera and uh finally finally got a chance to run camera a little bit and eventually moved into the, the video department and learned how to edit and and started producing some so it just kind of just slowly trickled that way um pretty you know pretty much like i said all all started just packing boxes so it was just pretty neat 
that is pretty neat. And to think that a kid of that age would end up working for Realtree and doing what you've done over all the years, that's like uh, that's like an American success story, Philip. <laughs> I don't know about that. I just it was. I can just say I've never. I'm, I'm not a big lottery ticket guy, but it, that I guess that was my lottery ticket for for my lifetime. It, it was. Um, I got lucky was at the right time at the right place and, and thankful for the opportunities I've had, you know, and, and, you know, whether it's packing boxes or yelping at a turkey, Bill Durden gave me that from the start. And these days you're still heavily involved in video, just uh, out on your own more, more or less, right? Yes, sir. So I actually, I was at uh, Realtree for a little over 18 years and, um, and I, I went out um, in August of 2020 on my own and started, a, we started the hunt club. Uh, show the digital show and, and it and it obviously has its own youtube presence and as well on uh real trees app 365 and uh pretty much still partnering with real tree real heavily and uh just did that in the fall kind of as a fall series for a deer deer show and then um, i still do the spring thunder show for real tree which is an in-house show for them as far as hosting that so um i'm you know i am on my own but i'm still very very uh heavily involved with real tree so what was the thinking behind the Hunt Club? What were you looking to do there that you couldn't do with uh, with or working under Realtree? Well, I, pretty much it was just I had some buddies that, that um, you know, and my dad works at Realtree. He started about, about a year and a half, two years after I did, and actually he manages all the Bill's property. But obviously growing up hunting with my dad, and, and I've got some buddies. I was on a club there. Uh, locally that I, I hunted with and, and became good buddies and it was just always we'd always cut up and laugh and and they had interest in starting to get into filming and obviously I was kind of I feel like I was, I grew up around it to where you know we were we were we all just decided I mean it would be a cool show to show the behind the scenes not only of, of everybody cutting up but the struggles of self-filming stuff and and you know I feel like we can lay down some pretty decent footage so that's kind of where it all burst and just pretty much just showing, I wanted to show the camaraderie side of it, of just, just the, you know, the good old boys hunting and, and, and having fun, but still trying to document it. Well, and your concept, Philip, has been very popular, very successful. It, it, it seems like it's resonating pretty well. So, I, you know, obviously we're still trying to grow and, 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 you know, it's just, we're trying to just show it like it is. And, and like I said, I, I've been, I'm thankful for all the support we've had along the way of, of, you know, we haven't been doing it that long, but but it seems like it, it's it's definitely striking a chord with with some of the people, some of the weekend warriors, you know, if you will, to where, you know, it's obviously we, we we're blessed to be able to to do it a little more than that, but but at the same time, you know, it's it's just showing of pretty much why we got into hunting and 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 we're documenting that and just trying to show it. This is the Primal Podcast, a presentation of the folks from Primal Tree Stands. If you would like to learn more about that company, and we will be talking about them, uh, the website is primaltreestands.com. That's primaltreestands.com. We're talking with Philip Culpepper of uh, Hunt Club TV, their website, huntclubtv.com, huntclubtv.com. Philip, you know, there's so much of life as being at the right place at the right time and making the right connections and the right decisions. But, man, your relationship with uh, with Realtree at an early age certainly helped shape where you are now. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, like I said, it's, it's you know, Bill Jordan gave me the opportunity. And, and you know, and even even on the video side, David Blanton having faith in me going to run camera. And, and, and it's, it's, a, it's crazy how... I guess from the outside, people are like, man, it's such a big kind of a industry, if you will. But really, it's just such a small world because, you know, the years of, of running camera. I can remember when Nick Mutt, before he was doing Bone Collector with Michael, 
me and him pretty much ran the ran when Bill wasn't there, ran the show at Milk River as far as just guiding people and filming them. So where we did that for you know three four weeks at a time, yeah. real trees climbing, coming and hunting, and, that, and that's actually how I met Bob Ransom. So it's it's crazy how it's and that's how me and Bob got to be such good buddies. How it all it all just it's, it's it seems a lot bigger from the outside, but on the inside, it's just it's you know it's it's pretty small. It is. Now, you mentioned Bob Ransom. Bob was our uh, first guest here on the Primal Podcast. Uh, he's the guy who, you know, pretty much the driving force behind Primal Tree Stands. Of course, he started the Ameristep Company. I mean, a guy like Bob, he's just, he is such a, a driven, hardworking, energetic kind of guy. And, and our industry, this hunting industry, is filled with people like that, isn't it, Philip? Oh, there's no doubt. That, that describes him. That's on the minimum side of describing. I, I'm feel a little nervous. I'm having to follow Bob. <laughs> he does set the bar pretty high for I'm energy. Gonna you, I've got. To, I'm going to pick up my pace on talking if I'm going to hang with him. He, he is full of energy. He's always positive. He's and again, I, that's even before I ever started doing Hunt Club. Obviously, you know, 15 years earlier, me and Bob hit it off, and that's what I liked about him. He was always, you know, a go getter and and and. I'll always have respect for people like that, and his passion for hunting. You know, obviously, is just is where we really struck a chord. So it's just you know he's a he's a, and we're and we're polar opposites. He's from the north, I'm from the south, but it's crazy how how well we get along. And it's just you know he'll always be a buddy of mine. Well, and I will tell you, he speaks very highly of you as well. When I first uh, first pitched this concept of a primal podcast. We were talking about, you know, who, who can we have on the podcast to help talk about Primal and their products and how to use them, but a guy who is a well-rounded outdoor person, outdoorsman, and, and you're the first name that came out of Bob's mouth. So I'm, I'm real glad to be talking with you, Philip. Well, thank you. Thank you. I don't, I don't know how well-rounded it is, but I, I know just enough to get by, but I, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Well, let me ask you, what, what is your favorite? Are you a turkey hunter? Are you a whitetail hunter? Are you a hog hunter? I mean, what's your passion? Man, I and I love to. I mean, I love to deer hunt. I, I'll you know, I'll, I'll try to go as hard as anybody. I mean, I hunted a deer in Kansas this year for thirty nine days. But you know, I, my I feel like where my my roots and where I really just just went over the top was was turkey hunting. So I mean, I I, I love the turkey hunt, and again, I love the deer hunt. Love, really love to bow hunt, but. Um, but turkey hunting is probably if I had to pick one thing that there was I only had one option I could do it year round would be turkey hunt. Well, and I want to follow up on that, but you 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 made a, st- a statement. I can't let this go. You hunted a buck in Kansas, a specific, a particular buck for thirty nine days. I did, and I don't know if that was um, stupidity or just <laughs> or, just, or ignorance, but it was. It, 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 it yeah, I hunted a deer. I, I we it started in the summer, and we started getting pictures of him, and it was a very tough bow hunting situation it was about 170 acres i was hunting there was, there was two trees on the entire property um it was pretty much just a canyon country and kind of prairie you know open flats and so but i you know thank goodness i guess it's, it's, a, it's a good and a bad you know the cell cameras I, we run spartan cameras and i had i was getting so many pictures of him to where i knew he was there it kept me it's almost like as the the deeper i got the more committed i got and and it was pretty much I hunted him. Was having pictures of him pretty steady and almost and had him. Had it not been for video stuff, I could I would have killed him about halfway through that. But he came. It was too late for camera light, so I didn't shoot. And and then the neighbors once rifle season got in, the neighbors were everywhere, and he kind of went underground. So either somebody 
somebody got him or else or else they pushed him out of the country and then that's the last last I saw of him. So what was there about this buck that got your attention? He was just I mean he obviously he was a really big deer and it was just we it was a deer I had such a story with and I and I love if you ever do find a, a good big mature deer and can I love chasing him just trying to figure him out and it got to the point where I was seeing him from about a mile off during the rut chasing does and I knew he was in the area and he I mean I had pictures of him since October you know or September so um but I mean he was a he was a he would have been my biggest deer ever I mean he was I'm gonna say he was in probably low to mid 190s wow. so it was it was a deer that I was committed to and I was you know I had the my buddy out there who's an outfitter this was some other private land he had he was allowing me to hunt he just said man you just have at it so I know when I had literally I didn't think it would take that long for me before I pulled off of him but you know I was like literally I've got the whole season to try to get him killed you know and I was committed to keeping after him until I until I just he went completely underground for about two weeks so that's whenever I kind of cut my losses but We'll see. I'm, I'm hoping next year maybe he, maybe he made it through and he'll he'll show back up. But we'll see. How do you hunt a property like that with just two trees? It was very. It, it was tough. I mean, I learned. I wish now. I, I wish I knew now what going into it as far as how I was going to hunt him. And, and I had a few ground blinds. I ended up putting up where he was crossing the county road coming in there. But we pretty much had moved the ladder stand in there, and that's what I told Bob. I was like, man, that, I said the. I said that the, the the seats on the on the new ladder stand, so they pass inspection because I sat in one for over a month, hmm. and I was like, and it, and it, and it you know everything went well. So, but I pretty much we we had moved it, and, and obviously Kansas you can feed, and so we were trying to get him, and I had a big water tank right there to where he was coming through, but it was just he was he was only getting there after dark majority of the time, and there's obviously everybody knows there's that window between you know right there before the rut hits when they're really active and, and strolling and. Um, I actually had left. I had to go. I went with my dad and another buddy we do stuff with, Michael Pitts, and I had to go to a trip in Maryland. And I was gone for four days, and, and two of those days he was daylight. And oh. so, and then when I got back the first day is when I almost killed him. He came in right at dark, and then after that, you know, it was back. He Once he got on those, it was a it was a crapshoot. Well, anytime you target a buck like that, it's a challenge. But I'm thinking in this situation, I mean, you're trying to bring him into one specific area. You're hunting it hard. Man, there's a fine line between hunting too hard, right, though, and blowing him out of there. Exactly. And so I, I would literally, the first, I spent probably, on, I spent 39 days just hunting. But I would say on top of that, I, I spent another probably seven to nine days if I, I went out from a distance and just glass had a spot and scope just trying to find him and figuring out what he was doing which you know you learn a whole new respect for those deer out there because even as flat as it looks those deer they use every inch of the terrain to travel to where i mean they can be in a little swell or dip and be getting around to where like there's no way you can't see them but um you know and it's just like that's what this deer was doing he didn't get that big for for you know he got that big for a reason he he's not stupid so i, I literally i glass and tried to come up with a um, scheme to try to get him and, and and because he was in there and we were catching him mainly in the afternoons I, I went for probably I bet 20 of those days 25 of those days and I only hunted him in the afternoons because I didn't want to blow him out and um, so but again I was still and I knew I said, if I'm ever not getting pictures of him I feel like I messed him up and I really feel like I never you know a lot of people on social media you know obviously people follow everything and they're like man has he got you figured out has he seen you coming and going is he I was like I mean, I was literally getting pictures of him. I would, I would, by the time I got to the truck, he would be in there. 
so at night. So it's like, I don't, you know, if he was boogered that bad, I don't think he would be yeah. coming in there. Like the matter of, you know, like I said, the few days that I should have been there and I knew I should have been there, I wasn't, but I had to, you know, but again, it's a, it's kind of like we talked about what hunt club is. It's, it's a, we had a yearly trip we do. I do with my dad and, and my buddy and, and a good family up north in Maryland. We go every year. So, like, I'm not, I wouldn't miss that for a deer. So, I mean, I'm not kicking myself on that aspect. I just wish that cold front would have hit a little bit quicker. <laughs> How many times have you wished for that over the years? <laughs> I'm telling you, now I'm in Mississippi right now. On this is the last home of the year. And it, there was one hit here yesterday. I can tell you, it was uh, the wind chill this morning was 17 degrees. Oof. But for, I know for, for people up north, that's not bad, but for being down here in South Mississippi, that's cold. Yeah, it's been pretty cold up here as well. This is the Primal Podcast. If you would like to learn more about Primal Tree Stands, ground blinds, and accessories, check out the website, primaltreestands.com. That's primaltreestands.com. We're talking with Philip Culpepper of Hunt Club TV, his website, huntclubtv.com. We will take a quick break and be right back. Do you want to save money on great hunting gear? Head to the Primal Tree Stands website and use my promo code Avery. You know I love that Primal Wraith 270 see-through ground blind, and their new Breeze blind is a great option too. For tree stand hunters, check out the snap sticks, rip rails, or grip stick climbing sticks. And to make your time in the stand as safe as possible, take a look at the descender. That slowly lowers you to the ground in case of a fall. All of these products and more are available on Primal Tree Stands. Just use the promo code Avery at checkout and get a great discount, including my favorite, the Wraith See-Through Blind for less than $200. That's right, one of the most popular see-through ground blinds on the market at a price you can't beat anywhere. Again, go to PrimalTreeStands.com and use the promo code Avery to get big discounts on everything on the website, including that Wraith ground blind for less than $200. Welcome back to the Primal Podcast. My name is Mike Avery, talking with Philip Culpepper of Hunt Club TV, huntclubtv.com. Philip, before the break, a, a couple of things you mentioned I got to follow up on. The, 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 the way you were hunting that buck in Kansas, that is, that is a form of dedication and passion and commitment that most hunters, 99.9% of us, just don't have. Are you wired this way? Is this something you consciously work on or what? Oh yeah, I do think it's a problem. I, <laughs> I didn't say it was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think it. I mean, like I said, I've I've been very blessed to even be able to get to do what I do, and 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 if you want to say hunt and and try to get content and call it making a living, but um, there were very. I mean, there was there was there was times where you know I could have could there were other deer to hunt, but I was so committed trying to do it, and and it's just. I don't know. Obviously, it's a passion. It's always for a passionate hunt, but I was so committed to it. And, you know, I, I think that goes back to, you know, we were talking about turkey hunting a little bit. I, I've, I'm the same way with turkeys to where, if, I mean, I, I've just, and it's, I call it temporary insanity sometimes because that's like, I, I like, if I think there's any 0.1% chance we can kill some, kill one, I'm not, I'm not, I won't quit. So, you know, and again, there's probably more times it doesn't work out than it does but at the same time you, you may only have a handful of times it works out but if you know if you had that quit in you then you then it wouldn't work out so um there's times i'm sure it's backfired and, and like i said i ended up killing a nice deer in kansas it wasn't the big deer i was after but i knew if i ever quit on him 
that I wasn't going to kill him. So, I mean, I, I don't regret it, you know, at all. It's just um, sometimes you do have to know when to cut your losses. But, I mean, I, I'm – there's times I'm thankful. I guess I'm wired that way. And there's other times I'm like, man, what am I – what was I thinking? Well, it's – it is those traits that set you apart, though, that make you – the quality and the level of the outdoorsman that you are. So, I mean, if, if I could be that way, and I can't, I'm just not wired that way, but I would embrace it. I would be proud of it. No, and I, and I am, you know, it's, like I said, it's not just, I mean, obviously it's, it's revolved around this hunting, but even like, because I edit, you know, most all the stuff on the, on the show we do, I, I edit it all myself to where I find myself wrapped up to where so I wish sometimes I didn't get so tunnel visioned on things, but, but I mean, I, I see there are rewards in the end, but sometimes, I mean, I've sat down and started editing on the show at night, you know, and obviously we can put, we can put shows up whenever we want being on the digital platform. It's not like a necessarily a deadline, but we try to get them out pretty quick after we, we film everything. But I've, I've sat down at eight o'clock at night and just be zoned completely zoned in and trying to get it done. And, just completely locked in. I'll look at them. It'll be five fifteen in the morning. <laughs> like when you don't, even, like man, I don't even realize it goes by. So I mean, there's, you know, I know. I mean, it, it is, you know, there's a there's a time and a place for it. Obviously, it can't it can't just consume you that much. But you know, right now in my life, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm very thankful for it. Where it's a passion. It's it's a um, it's something that's that obviously keeps me occupied and keeps me keeps me going. And, and again, it's it's something. I love to do it and just love to get the, the very best end result that's, that's, that I think is possible to get. You said you're just wrapping up your whitetail season in Mississippi. Will you go now right into full bore, uh, full bore, full blown turkey mode right away? Well, it'll be it'll be close. We're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna head home from here. I'll be home. Uh, we'll hunt here through the 31st of January, and then we'll have the w, the NWTF show uh, in mid February, and then we'll start. Um, We'll start. I think we leave March third for our first trip for turkeys, and then we'll put from March third till dang near the first of June. We'll be pretty much full bore. And what is it about birds? What is it about turkeys that gets you so excited? I don't know. It's weird. I, I never, I never realized it till I went elk hunting for the first time. The first time I filmed the elk hunt, to where it, it, it I never understood the passion like the guys i would meet out out west like state troopers or firemen or 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 whatever they're, they're they did for a living they would save all their vacation time to take off the guide for three weeks and they wouldn't even be hunting they would just got take off and i'm like man that's insane to me that somebody would take their vacation time just to guide but it once i went elk hunting it really i dawned on it that a turkey's like the elk of the south i mean it's it's far it's like i grew up that's all we had we didn't have elk growing up obviously in georgia so i grew up and it just immediately lit a fire in me to where that communication trying to trick something and and call them in was one thing but then the more and more i got just embedded with it and just infatuated to where i was like you can kind of make your own luck to where you can push the envelope and and learn tricks of the trade and and study study what they do why they do it and try to figure it out i just i got completely enthralled in it to where it was it, it was for a while i mean i mean and i still am as crazy about it as i was from day one but it was like man i'm like crazy about this bird just trying to you know trying to figure them out and you know and but again like i said meeting guys from out west who who a lot of people compare it to elk hunting obviously without the wind but um 
it, it, I saw the similarity there of those guys that were just completely infatuated with, with hunting elk, you know. And so it's just something about that communication and, and, and that dialogue between you and something else and, and, and trying to fool them at their own game, you know, is, is something that I don't know. I, I don't think I'll, I'll never lose that, that, that craziness about trying to do it. As you were talking about this, in my mind, I was trying to figure out, okay, so what are the correlations here? And I think you just nailed it. It's the interaction. It's the vocal interaction that you can talk back and forth to a critter, to a wild animal, and maybe, hopefully, affect their behavior in, in your benefit. Well, right. I mean, you know, and, I, and don't get me wrong. I love, you know, I love uh, calling turkeys in and seeing people kill turkeys. I love killing turkeys and, and, and love to stack them up as much as you legally can but to me the biggest the biggest enjoyment out of it is if if you're ever sitting there yelping at a turkey and you and you get a turkey and you got him in in gun range and you have him fooled and you know he thinks you're a hen he's strutting a goblin coming in to me that's the biggest satisfaction of what to me that's what the game's about and 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 it's like i said that's something you know and, I, and I've, I've been obsessed with it since i was from I killed my first one when I was eight years old. My dad called in my first one when I was fifteen, and from the I was really obsessed with it between then when I was eight and fifteen. But when I called my first turkey in, then it like went to a whole other level. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I just, you know, I've been infatuated with it since then. And then even to this day, though, you still learn something every time you go out. Or I think that's the biggest thing is you still got to be a keep that open mind of. of, of Regardless, they're going to be better than you. What's your, what's your no, 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 how good of a run you get on, how many turkeys you kill, how many days in a row, they're still better at it than you are. And you keep that open mind of learning something from them every time you go out. And I feel like that's what keeps you a little bit, have a little bit of an edge. I love the turkey hunt as well. And I believe me, Philip, I am not even pretending to put myself nearly at a level of you. So I'll, I'll lay that out there right now. But the way I like to turkey hunt here in the North Country is, you know, I'll set up decoys in front of me. I'll sit in one of those primal Wraith 270 see-through ground blinds that I absolutely love. You know, I videotape my own hunts, so I got a camera on a tripod next to me. But I'm very stationary, and I rely on either, you know, birds wandering through the area or me calling them in. You're more of a run-and-gun type guy. Your, your patience does not allow you to sit, does it? No, I, I'm not. It's it's, it's weird. I, I've I've got a buddy from South Alabama. He's he's uh, he runs and guns some too. But um, Sam Clement, I've I've hunted with him for years. He, he he used to put on the country goes hunting event. But he's more he he's way more of a knows when to be patient type guy. And and I've always told him because he's always sometimes getting on me for being too aggressive. And I, it's just it's not. I can't. I physically can't do it to where he he he's. And I've told him, I said, man, I said, Sam, you will kill turkeys that I would never kill, probably. Because I feel like, you know, every thing about turkeys, I've, I feel like they all have their own personality, just like people. So where some of them, I truly think, you know, they just, they're antisocial. They don't want to see a decoy. They don't want to hear a call. They're just, just they're the turkeys you'd see get standing out by themselves in the field. To where some of them, you know, are, are arrogant. Some of them are cocky. Some of them are going to come try to run you over, beat you up. Um so it's, it's I'd rather take my chances just kind of the way I'm built and the way I grew up turkey hunting was if I have to go through three or four of those that are antisocial, I'd rather go find five or six that are, mm-hmm. that are going to want to work, you know. And, again, I do come from that mold of, of growing up trying to, you know, filming was trying to get good footage and you want to you want the biggest and baddest turkey out there to, to get the best footage and get one, try to get them, at, you know, five steps. So 
I'm sure that has something with uh, with mold in the way I am. But I just patience wise, I can't. I cannot. It's almost impossible unless it's a kid or we're taking somebody that's disabled or can't get around. I, for as far as me sitting down and, and, and quote unquote deer hunting a turkey, I cannot do it. Well, you and I will have a lot of opportunities to talk about turkey hunting here in the future on the Primal Podcast, but let's talk a little bit. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit more about your relationship with Primal. Now, you kind of set the stage here saying that you ran into, you know, Bob Ransom when he was uh, at Ameristep. Uh, but how did you how did you reconnect or, or how did you establish this partnership with with the new Primal company, Primal Tree Stands and Ground Blinds? Well, I mean, pretty much, like I said, me and Bob met out there at Milk River, and we stayed in touch. We always talked. Um, you know, what few trade shows I'd go to, I'd see him. We'd always go out for dinner, and, and uh, I mean, we kept in touch. Like I said, we hit off, and we were buddies. And so, obviously, um, I knew he, he had early on. I was still at Realtree. He had sent a few stands, kind of when he first started Primal. So I mean, just just honestly, just wanting an opinion, saying what do you think, and, and looking at some of the stuff, and and so naturally when. You know, it's just like majority of everybody I'm partnered with is when I first went out on my own, people I knew and, and, and believed in and knew, and knew that they had the passion for, for what they were doing was in their wheelhouse. You know, I called Bob and said, look, I'm not, I just want to know how. I said, man, it, and it, at the time it was just, the Hunt Club was just an idea. We had no videos. Our YouTube presence was, presence was zero. We had, I mean, the social media was zero. I mean, we pretty, it, was, it was nothing. So I was literally, he just went on a leap of faith of saying, just our friendship pretty much, you know, and, and so I called him. He was the first one and the only one I called to have anything to do with stands. And so, you know, we, we talked through it and made something work. And that's when, that's when, uh, you know, I met Ellie and we had a guy on a conference call. And, and so it, kind of the rest is history. We just kind of kept growing from there. And, and it is impressive looking at this from the outside. It's impressive what Primal is doing and, and where they're going to go. I'm very excited about it. They got, They've got great ideas, great products, and great people pushing these ideas and products. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I love their, you know, I love their equipment, the lock-ons, the, you know, the, the rip rails, the, you know, the like you mentioned, the race line. I mean, um, the ladder stands. I mean, heck, I sat in one for thir- over 30 days. So, I mean, I, I mean, I, I truly believe in their products. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But, I mean, you know, I, I'm... I do feel like I'm kind of a good old boy from Georgia, so to, to put icing on the cake to that would means just as much or more to me as when I got to meet the whole team over there. So obviously I knew Bob and and got to meet the whole team. I mean, it's just you know it's just like you've known them forever, and they're, and they're they're all good people. And so you know I'm as I'm as proud of that of working with some, with a company like that than I am of sitting in a comfortable ladder stand. And you know what? You just brought this conversation full circle, and I appreciate it, Philip. You started out talking about the hunting industry, how it being small and kind of family and how these partnerships are so important. And you just brought it back to that very topic. And I appreciate that. And that's a great way to wrap up this uh, podcast, Philip. Yes, sir. Well, again, thank you. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm a very passionate person and I'm, I'm, it's probably got me in trouble from time to time, but I speak what's on my mind. And, and I, again, I appreciate you having me on and I look forward to doing it again. I will take passion over complacency any day, and you are welcome on this podcast, and we'll talk again soon, Philip. Appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. All right, that is Philip Culpepper of Hunt Club TV, the website HuntClubTV.com, HuntClubTV.com. We'll be hearing more from him, as you can imagine. And if you would like to learn more about primal tree stands, their ground blinds, their accessories, a little bit about the primal story, go to their website, PrimalTreeStands.com. That's PrimalTreeStands.com. 
Primalpodcast.com. My name is Mike Avery, and I will talk with you next time right here on The Primal Podcast.